welcome to the USL show. Um, this the last week of August in the regular season. Uh, I am your host, as always, Evan Malala. Um, sometimes I'm your moderator, sometimes I'm first your facilitator, but mostly I am I am the host of this year podcast. And um, you know, this week we have our, our usual cast of my soccer friends. And uh, first and foremost, it is the waviest band in the St. Louis metropolitan area, the cream in your Irish coffee. It's Phil Grimms. Hello, hello. How's it going, man? Um, I'm like, I'm ready for the Labor Day weekend to come. For sure. But glad sure. that uh, morning weekend soccer is back. It's been really nice. Hasn't it been? It's yeah. Been, that, that Dortmund, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which, which RB Leipzig. Is it? Leipzig. That was hot. It was, uh, it was a good game, surprisingly. Really yeah. um, speaking of things that are yellow sometimes um the sun the sun yep the sun joins us on the night's podcast <laughs> uh no that voice you just heard was the man that puts the show in show notes and um our not international international correspondent ryan allen ryan how's it going going pretty well happy to finally join the podcast after a quick move into one of the yeah. rooms in the library it's, it's whatever we started a bit late anyway thank you ahead of time for putting together the show notes this week because oh my god we had so many games <laughs> Um, Um, Also joining me, it is uh, our version of Chuck Palahniuk and Elliot Smith all rolled into one. Um, He's the biggest man in USL. It's uh, it's Big Kev, Kev McCamish. What's up? How's it going, man? Welcome back to Portland, I guess. I am back in Portland, that's correct. You know what's funny, Kev, is I went to to KC a few days after you left. (laughs) Bastard. I know. <laughs> Kevin was a really sweet TIFO, but I'm sorry it didn't result in three points. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. Fair enough. Last but not least, we, we have to save him for last because it's, it's who everyone doesn't pay to see unless you're a Patreon subscriber. Um, if he hates your team, it's, it's because one, you're right, and two, he has the facts to back it up. It is our. Uh, Rainbow Dash here in USL World. It's uh, it's Pony. And I also hate the fact that college started again because I have to drive by one to get to work and traffic is horrible. Mm. There's never parking on campus. Mm. Mm. Man, those school zones. 20 miles an hour for those kids. Isn't, isn't that? That's just, the, that's just the worst. It's like when Ryan's, uh, what's, when Ryan's school bus goes to pick him up in the morning. I'm a senior in college. <laughs> You're a senior in college? Yeah. Damn, you're old, man. Compared yeah. <laughs> to what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm turning 36 <laughs> next month. Give me a break. Whoa, hey. Scrub that out. Blue jackets. That's not a that's not a metric you want to start with. Anyway. Um guys, this is the USL show. Welcome to it. Um a couple reminders here. One, sponsored by our dear friends at Roughneck Scarves, which are your home for uh MLS. USL national team scarves. If you want custom scarves made, you can certainly do that. Our friends at Speedway Soccer Pod, in fact, just got scarves made. Check them out. They're actually really funny. Um, yeah, check those guys out. Roughneckscarves.com. Uh, we're also brought to you and produced by uh, the Beautiful Game Network Podcast, which is a um, conglomerate, a network, a cabal, perhaps, of podcasts covering mostly uh, USL, but there's some other things, the Lunacy Pod in, in Minnesota covering the uh, well, the Minnesota United Loons. 
um, for MLS. And, and yeah, a bunch of really good stuff going on there. Check that out, bgn.fm on the interwebs, as well as at the bgn.fm on Twitters. Um, as far as we're concerned, this show goes live every Monday at around 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, it's, uh, it's at night, not in the morning, which is 6 Pacific. If you want to follow us uh, or if you want to join us live and check out the live stream, um, feel free to do that. A couple ways you can do that. We'll tweet out the link to the show about an hour before we go live, so at about 8 p.m. Eastern. Or um, if you go into our YouTube, it's uh, youtube.com backslash the USL show. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get a notification. It'll be great. And then, uh, as always, yeah, just at the USL show. Guys, um, there's so many games this week. Like, so many games this week. And I will propose that if a team played twice, I think we just try to knock them out at the same time. I like that idea. Cool. So I, yeah, n- I also yeah. propose if yeah. nothing really interesting worthy of talking about <laughs> happened in the game, let's not spend 15 minutes uh, um and uttering us- ourselves about it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we'll do our best. No problems. Both pass, so that's fine. Um, first, I guess we'll start things off top of the uh, of the week in a in a game that had things happen. New York Red Bull two, North Carolina FC two. New York get goals from uh, Jose Aguinaga and Lucas Stoffer. New uh, <laughs> North Carolina get goals by Daniel Rios and uh, Donovan Awolo uh, Ulrich. Um, ben Mines gets a red card here in the nicest minute in the soccer match, the 69th. <laughs> Seven total yellow cards. It's a it's a sloppy first game of the week for North Carolina and a draw here. Um, it's fine, but uh, you know either of these teams would have liked to win. I mean, Daniel Rio started out the second half with a very quick score off the kickoff. I was watching it live when it occurred, but then it just seemed like both teams were kind of content with playing for the draw. Yeah, these are two more teams that are trying to make playoffs. I could see them being scared of dropping all the points to someone who's also in the battle. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to tell what's really going to happen with both with both these guys. I mean, I could see either of them making it in and making a run or probably one of them finishing in ninth. Red Bulls have been on the- a bit of a run, too. So I feel like North Carolina was like, well, if we don't lose, that's not bad. Mm. Yeah. And then in the... Uh- Battle of North Carolina. What do they actually call this one? Do they? NC Derby. Uh, that works too. I, I was close enough. I like my name better. Um, North Carolina six, Charlotte Independence two. Couple things to talk about. We'll run down the goals first. Uh, Zach Steinberger with two. He scored in the 26th and the 51st. Stephen Miller in the 49th. Friend of the show, Austin Blues scored in the 69th minute. Nice job there, buddy. And uh, Daniel Rios with two in the 72nd and 78th. Two goals by Charlotte, Kevon George in the 24th, and Jake Arman in the 85th. Um, one, it's a beatdown um, from North Carolina. And then two, um, Charlotte captain Bilal Duckett after the game uh, took to Twitter and said that that was not good enough in, in any stretch of the imagination. Um, guys, talk about this for a little bit while I pull that quote up, please. I thought it was interesting this match was tied 1-1 at halftime. So for the first 45, it seemed like it was going to be even. And then just the dam broke. And NC just kind of opened up the scoring in the second half with Steven Miller in the 49th, Steinberger in the 51st, Deleuze in the 69th, and then Rios with the brace in the 70s, again in 78th. It just kind of just piled on everything against Charlotte. Yeah, this was a battle of two teams that aren't going to be elite. But it was interesting to watch North Carolina – 
kind of realize that they need to win this game and Charlotte's a very beatable team this whole season ever since the last month or so of last year they just haven't looked right and I have no idea what's really wrong with them but mm. this whole year has just been basically what happened last year where they were looking to be in a great spot to get a home playoff game I think they lost five or six games in a row to end the season and they have not recovered from it yet they don't just like yeah. they look uh, Evan you said this when when Bethlehem played them um, that they looked kind of tired or dead or just not up for it they don't look right they don't look like they're giving it their all either and I wonder if that's what Bilal's getting at I know you have the quote yeah, I do. Um, and I don't know which order they came in, but I think it's this one. But anyway, Bell Duckett, uh, like pretty much close enough after the game. Um, he said, I take pride in being a member of uh, the at Charlotte Independence. Um, I cannot, however, take pride in our performance tonight. Our second half was disgraceful. Our supporters deserve much, much better. Apologies to the friends, family, and fans that traveled. You guys mean everything to us. Um and, you know, I I don't think we needed a player to come out and say, hey, you know, this sucked and, and we should have done better. But at the same time, you know, having that kind of candidness and, and being able to go on Twitter as, as small of a gesture as it is and say, hey, that wasn't good enough. We're sorry is uh, is a nice move by by Bilal Duckett, um, you know, and, and those guys aren't any happier with the result than the supporters of Charlotte are. Um especially with kind of a rocky month that they've had or, or a month and a half, you know, this was a team that realistically probably should have, could have still technically can make the playoffs. Um, but now it, it's, it's a tall order. Um, and, and they know that they didn't do themselves any favors trying to get there. You're looking at the standings right now, everyone from Penn FC in 11th and on down has a yeah. better five game record or a worse five game record than Toronto FC too. So they should all be ashamed yep. of themselves. Yeah. Um, and then moving on after the North Carolina news, it is uh, Bethlehem in their first game. Well, actually, both these teams' uh, first game of the week. Bethlehem Steel played Ottawa Fury, beat them pretty soundly 2-0 um, at home, which was a, a really good result. Opened up a four-point gap between the two sides heading into the weekend. Santi Moore gets a brace, 16-minute, uh, with a really nice finish, actually. And in the 32nd, he, he hits a penalty. Um, uh, yeah, eight combined yellow cards. It was a chippy game, but Bethlehem, gra- uh, you know, kind of grounded it out. They they looked a lot more comfortable on the ball and got a win here. Tell us and more. Then their second, which is probably the one that's, that's more interesting to, to a lot of folks, I would think. They traveled down to Nashville on short notice. And... Uh, Adam Niem steals two points here. Um, Chris Nanko with a really weird goal from about 25 or so yards out. And a guy like Matt Pickens to just either not see it or I don't really know what was going through his head or what he thought about there. Um, But uh, yeah, not a good goal for him to give up. Justin Davis gets one in the 84th and you think both teams are going to get a a draw out of this. And, you know, Nashville down a man um, with – Ish, uh, Joe May getting a second yellow on the 31st. But then Adam Niem just, you know, takes it in and, and gets three points for Bethlehem, who looked to be in a pretty good spot right now, to be honest. Um, they've needed to set the pace, and this week was was good for them. They get six points out of six. 
think a certain someone was benched for this game, right, Evan? We wanted to talk about that a bit. Yeah, Brandon Allen wasn't 18 for this one at all, which is very strange. Um, Nashville play Richmond on Tuesday, so tomorrow. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Could have been, you know, illness or, or a really minor injury that wasn't worth putting on the um, on the sheet or something he picked up day of. I mean, you know, it's not like there's only one reason this happened, but it was very strange for me and, and the guys at Speedway and even um, Wes at Golden Goal to, you know, not have a guy play against his former team here, especially in a crucial matchup. So, so what if in the deal that moved him to Nashville – there was a clause that said you in only this season you can't play against us with and cup tying players for league matches. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying. Hey, it, there could be a clause, but an agreement between the two clubs mm. or a backdoor gentleman's handshake, something. That's that's a possibility. I'm not um, saying it's likely. True. Yeah, I. There wasn't anything formal. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if there was something informally, but as, as far as I know, that's never been in anyone's contract, uh, guys that move from steel elsewhere. Um, and I don't know if they would have put that in play given that there's only one match that that would apply to, but (laughs) (laughs) stranger things have happened, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to, um, Ottawa's second match of the week, they have a two nil loss here to Penn FC. Not a not a ton in this one. Um, it helps Penn kind of stay on pace to to maybe eke in the playoffs, but it, yeah, really not not a ton here. I think it's more concerning for Ottawa. They started the season really poorly and are kind yeah. of regressing back into that form. I mean, you remember the start of the season they lost; they didn't win until game seven, and after this, they've now failed the win, and they only have one win in their last six. Yeah. And this is a bad time for that because. They were a, a bubble team on the right side to me going into this week, and now they're looking like they're on the wrong side. Yeah, they've been bad since he had that quote where he said, I might want to rethink my position here or something like that. And uh, it's been bad since then, so I wonder if he's just looking forward to leaving Ottawa at the end of the season. I don't know. Maybe not, but it's been bad since then, even after the bubble, like you said there, Pony. Yeah, they've been shut out in four of their last five, mm. so they need to start scoring again. Yeah. What do we got next game here? Indy 11-3, Toronto FC 2. Um, good time for Dylan Maris to come back, I suppose. He gets the game winner in his return to Indy 11 um, back till the end of the season for Miami FC in a, in a Tierpakian move, <laughs> I guess we'll call it. Um, partly because that was just fun to say. Um, ben Spees, Jack McInerney, Dylan Maris for Indy, and then and Sabasa Endo and Jordan Hamilton for Toronto. And to um, reiterate something that I say a, a lot about another player in this league, man, if Subasa Endo and Jordan Hamilton were on like actually good teams in USL, they would be so much more fun to watch. Not that they're not already, but man, those ki- those guys are talented. Yep, agree. It was. Uh, I kept checking my phone a lot during this time period. They weren't tied for very long, but I imagine that two-two no. draw for the you know the twenty minutes or so made indie fans pretty uncomfortable. I would have been. There was a lot of other teams in the Eastern Conference that were hoping that that ended yeah. in a two-two draw. <laughs> that would have been quite the story, but they they would pulled it out. They took care of business. 
And now they're up to three draws and two wins in the last five. Yeah. The, uh, in their last six. Very nice. That's good. They're pulling in Montreal. <laughs> oh. Or Indy's unbeaten in the last six, I mean. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, still, Toronto, they might be doing the Montreal thing where they suddenly get really good starting late August and dash some dreams. There was one year that yeah. Montreal went unbeaten through August for some reason. Oh, for uh, for people that listen to our podcast that are new-ish to soccer or the USL in general, as I know people are, um, FC Montreal two years ago. Look it up. Yep, that's what we're referencing. It was a very strange season. It's worth a, it's worth a Wikipedia dive if you have a minute. Uh, other game of the week for Indy Eleven. This one they're not going to be too happy about. Um, Carl Wiemet scores in the fifty third. You think, all right, cool. Just hold that out against a hot and cold Atlanta United team. And then Dylan Gaither scores in the 90th minute after one of the worst defensive blunders I've seen this year, maybe. Yeah, that's probably one of the top few, few bad plays of the season for USL. That was a pure giveaway, miscommunication between the defender and keeper, and they threw away two points. Yeah. That was like one of the last kicks of the game, too, wasn't it? Pretty much. About, yeah. Basically the last kick. <laughs> so... Further, but um, yeah, India are really making this harder than it has to be on themselves. I think, which is an interesting strat, but we'll see. Yeah, the league's like they used to say, "I'm here, please take the sixth seed," and India's going, "No, I know, else take it." It really feels yeah. that way. I feel like I'm watching the game, kind of squinting my eyes, like, "Don't mess it up." Yeah, like you guys have fifth if you really want it. Yeah. Just, just do it. And then, no, no, we're okay. Um, and then the next game of the week, which also happened to be Atlanta's second game, um, Atlanta United, sorry, ATL UTD two one, FC Cincinnati five. Um, Corbin Bones scored in the eighteenth. Nazawadawi in the twenty fifth and fifty fifth. Pataya Lashche gets his first for Cincinnati in the fifty third, and then uh, Emery Welshman caps things off for the blue and orange in the eighty seventh. Um, Sean Nicklaw scores in the 65th minute and boy, howdy. I think pony said it in our group <laughs> chat on yeah. Twitter that he was, uh, Hildebrandt was either going to destroy this team or get lit up and he got lit up. <laughs> sure yeah, did. It said yes. <laughs> Indeed he did. So, difficult. I mean, we've seen it with Atlanta United too, that they've just haven't had as much help this season. So, Oh, Mitch, as great of a keeper as he can be, if he doesn't have the back line to help him out, it's not really going to do much good. Yeah, in the 10th or 20th minute, the guy was already mentioning how the back line has never played together, basically. So that combination of people, and it showed. Not to mention, uh, Hildebrandt's not the normal starting goalkeeper for them either. So, Which is weird, because he was really good at Cincinnati, and then Atlanta shelled out the money for him, and now... I like I could have seen him as a as a nice backup to Guzan, but now I don't know if he offers anything that Alex Khan doesn't. And uh, I think Khan has a little bit better distribution. Doesn't this seem like that's like the final final straw where and we talked about it before putting Maybe, probably putting yeah. the true number two down in USL so he's fresh and ready if he ever gets called up mm-hmm. and having Mitch sit the bench mm-hmm. in case of an emergency. I think that's a smart move and it could be what they planned on doing all along. Yeah. Probably can't feel good for a guy like Mitch, though, who, sucks. you know, yeah. really good open cup run, really good season with Cincy, but now it's all for not 
more or less. I guess I think it's also fair to say that again that that back line that was right in front of him probably let him down quite a bit, and so I don't think we should hold it against him either. He's just been having a hard time. But I just kind of pulled it up. He has had six performances and allowed sixteen goals in his sixth show. Show him. Well, that's the other thing I was going to say, too, in his defense is, I mean, ATL UTD2 has got to be going to D3. I just get, you know, you get that feeling. They've been moving more and more. 80% of all goals ATL UTD2 has given up this year. Exactly. And, I mean, the amount of young players they're putting in there, it just makes sense for them to be D3 to me, personally. I mean, even look at Alex Kahn has seven goals allowed in four showings. So, Atlanta just can't play defense. Yeah, it's not... You know, it's not Khan's fault. It's not all Hildebrand's fault either. Yeah. Pittsburgh won Tampa Bay one in a in a well, at the beginning of the season, he probably would have slated this as a battle between number one and number two in the East. But uh, regardless, still an important match. Um, Mo Dabo gets the goal in the forty fifth for Pittsburgh. Junior Flemings gets one in the seventy second for Tampa Bay. Um. Uh, good, good draw for Pittsburgh. Maybe not because they were at home. I don't know. No, I more think... interesting game happened later this week with the Rowdies. But uh, for a team that needs to get back into the playoff hunt pretty quick, this would have been a nice three points for Tampa to have. If I'm not mistaken, this is two goal, two games in a row where Pittsburgh led in um, possession and still tied or lost or something, right? Yeah, they uh, led possession in this match seventy five percent. And over Tampa Bay, and then against Charlotte, they led in possession in that one, and that was a no-no draw uh, last Saturday on August 18th. It just seems like it was the anti-Lily ball match, and that's been one of the ways to at least break down Pittsburgh mm-hmm. as a final way to get them to hold on to the ball a lot more because they're so used to playing without possession. Yep. They're going to have to figure out how to beat teams that give them the ball. It's a lot harder, I think, to win that way. Although who in the playoffs is really going to give them the ball? That's something I mean. I think Cincinnati, Louisville, they're not gonna. I think they want to control. I don't know. This is working. I I think, and if it keeps working, these guys watch games and they they prepare for different teams. And some of the smarter coaches in USL will totally change to this method. I think if it keeps working. Yeah, but you're not gonna change. Hey guys, create like do all the turnovers. (laughs) Cincinnati has an average fifty-two percent possession this year. Pass to their team to control or not yeah, to yeah. control. That is the question. <laughs> it is. It is. That's true. I mean, it could go either way. It could be really hurtful to your team, especially if you're praying, uh, preparing for a playoff run. I don't know. Maybe you don't want to change, but if it keeps also, working. Also, some people pray for a playoff run. Yeah. Google has 55% average possession this year. I could see Louisville yeah. doing it too. They know how to defend when they want to, or they used to. There was a bad run in the middle of the season. <laughs> hey. Speaking of Louisville, hey oh three no one over Charlotte. Cam Lancaster twice thirteenth minute penalty kick twenty ninth minute goal from open play. Luke Spencer sixty fifth minute, and uh, Phil, you talked about them playing defense and they get a clean sheet against Charlotte, which to be fair isn't the hardest thing to do in USL it seems. But there you go. At the moment. Yeah, this I don't is, really think we need to talk about this a whole lot. Louisville is just kind of coasting into the playoffs well, really easily right now. I do just want to say that with Hackworth, they've played yeah. what the kickers and the independents. So we don't know what Hackworth's team yeah. really looks like yet or how good they are. But still, I mean, they need these points to have a chance of catching Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. 
I will say with Louisville, their next five matches are crucial. Yes, they have a home match against Toronto FC2 on um, uh, tomorrow, but then it starts a very crucial four-game swing of hosting Charleston on Friday, then next Saturday on the 8th, they host Cincinnati, which can go a long way at rebuilding their kind of deficit in the playoffs. Then they go on the road to Pittsburgh on the 15th, and then on the 19th of September, they go on the road to Penn, and Penn has always been a team to give Louisville some fits and problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these next two weeks are going to be great out east. I mean, Pittsburgh has Indy, Cincy, and Bethlehem. Said Cincinnati picks up uh, Pittsburgh and Louisville. Louisville has what we just mentioned there of Charleston, Cincinnati, and then Pittsburgh week after that. It's going to be fun. Good stuff. I'll be at that Pittsburgh game too. I'm excited. No, no draw. Just watch. It's gonna, Jesus, it's gonna be boring. Please no. <laughs> please no. Um, as much as Harry doesn't want us to talk about it, Phoenix Rising four, San Antonio nil. Chris Cortez, Solomon Asante, Devin Vega, Billy Forbes. Uh, although, um, oh man, Mala for Phoenix. Sam, let me know. Um, showed the second yellow card at the 59th minute. Um, easy enough for Phoenix, like comfortable against the team that you would have thought they would have had some trouble with, but man, bad showing for San Antonio on the road and SAFC is probably on the outside looking in. I think they could still point. make it. It's the, still, I think they're still like 50, 50 to get in, but I think this is one of those for Phoenix. They're a really confusing team when they play good like this, they probably are the favorites to win the entire cup. But then yes. they have those really weird, ugly games, too. Yeah. yeah. Although this game also had a Strepto with probably the save of the season, or at least one of the best few. They had a double save, getting across to save a low pass that's usually a tap in, and then save to follow up with his face. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that, and I honestly, if, if there's another one out there that's better, I'd be hard-pressed to even think of what it would be. Um but yeah, no, an incredible save by a guy that, you know, maybe not this year, but, uh, you know, won the Golden uh, Glove last year and is just a really, really solid keep. Um, I know Kyle Mankey at one point on Twitter I, that I saw said that uh, transferring Ibiaga to New York City kind of screwed up their whole season. Um, and while that might be oversimplifying things a little bit, I think he's got some got some weight to that claim. Mm-hmm. I mean, Restrepo is still good. He's, I think he's still probably top five in the league. He just has no help this year. Yeah, and San Antonio's biggest enemy is OKC on fire, you know, so. Yeah, seriously. Even then, I still think OKC needs to almost win out. To get in, to beat one of the teams in the eight already? Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, I think no one's going to get in without 50 points. And wow. that means they need mm-hmm. to have like one loss allowed. Wow. Because I think Swart Park has one of the easiest schedules to end the season. Same with Sac; they get pretty easy walking, walking back, back in the playoff schedules. And then, uh, so nice they had to do it twice. Phoenix Rising four, Colorado Springs nil. Um, good showing by the Switchbacks for an hour and five minutes, and then a red card for Jordan Burt. And then Gladson Awako, Joseph Farrell, Chris Cortez, and Kavon Freyer. Score four for Phoenix, who uh, helps the goal differential for sure. 
I was watching this match at the end, and I joined after um, Awaka scored his first, and it just seemed like they, you know, Phoenix just kind of like opened up after that and just completely destroyed Colorado Springs. They've now, over their past three matches, Phoenix has now scored ten goals, mm. and then and it just seemed like this team's on fire, and they know what to do. Even Cortez and Freight are attacking on their two goals after uh, Joseph Farrell had a really nice celebration. I think he grabbed the flag from the supporters group and ran behind the goal, which is cool. <laughs> it just seemed like it. it this team is hitting the stretches like all correctly and everything. And they have mm-hmm. one more home match on September 5th against RGV before they do a three-game road swing against San Antonio, Sounders 2, and Colorado Springs. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix is rising up the table. <laughs> Boo. Boo. Well done. But also I just think it's fun with Phoenix. I'm looking at it in their past eight games, they've either scored four goals or had a four goal scored against them in six of them. It's a good number. They like that number four. Um Kev, Portland Timbers two two. Did you play Orange County three? I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 It happened. Was there anything anything to it besides a T two loss? No, I mean, T2, I think, showed well enough until the end. Um, they kept up with OC for good portions of it, mm-hmm. but, you know, the, the better team here got all three points. Is So I, I still think T2 is going to make the playoffs. Um, it's just a, a little bump in the road. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. otherwise, not too much to talk about. Yeah. And things evened out a little bit. Orange County lost to RGVFC uh, 2-0 later on in the week. Um, Zaldivar and Carlos Small get two goals for Rio Grande Valley. Not a great loss. Or, yeah, that works. Not a great loss for Orange County, for sure. Uh, it's a team they would definitely want to beat. Um, again, does it put them in any trouble or anything? No, not really. But it's a lot easier to win these games than to lose these games in a obvious statement of the week for me. Okay, this is a bad loss. This isn't a not, like a not great. This is a horrible loss. This is... RGV's first win on the road this yep. entire season. They'd only gained four points up to this point on the road. And Orange County, who's trying to compete for even maybe a second seed, this is major points lost, and it could easily cost them a playoff spot. Or not a playoff spot, but a seed. Yeah. Like a good seed, yeah. Because this is a game I don't think any of us expected RGV to have a chance at when we did our pick Not really, no. no. It was one of those games where nobody got any points in our predictions. <laughs> yeah, no one could pick them and do that. The OC had slipped down from the second seed to now to the third seed. They're still level on points with Phoenix at 50, but it does basically kind of open the door to allow Phoenix into the top, whereas OC has to face the Sunders 2 this Sunday, and then it really informed OKC the following week. Mm-hmm. Um. Steven Hernandez back to the the one Phoenix game. Forbes and Vega both scoring on their former team. Both mm-hmm. looking like regular starters now. I I've believe it. Been seeing seeing That's Vega good. on the on the score sheet a lot lately. Or yeah. people talking yeah, about yeah. him at least. That's, Phoenix is one of those like kind of surprisingly deep teams, too. Like you don't necessarily think about it. I think just because some of the guys they have on that team. Um, you know, Forbes, Asante take up a lot of the headlines, but that's a team that can go 15 or so deep on you and really make you hurt. Um, so, yeah, good shot, Steven. And do we mention that they got those uh, loans down from LAFC? Because those are really cool players. 
I'm blanking we didn't on work. one, but that but Shaq Brewer came over from Europe. Okay. I forgot where, but he's an 18 year old that LAFC signed, and then he went over to Phoenix on loan, and they got another guy too. I forgot who it is, but weird that they didn't go to Orange County. You know what? It doesn't seem the affiliation seems to be nothing all of a sudden. You know? Yeah, there's <laughs> a couple of those. I wonder if it's a, if it's roster spot dependent, yeah. perhaps. Could be, but maybe they just want to send their players to Phoenix because it's an attacking style and look at them, you know? You're yeah. talking yeah, about it's true. Uh, Brewer coming from somewhere in Europe. He had his youth career from 2016 to 17 with uh, Leipzig. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted oh, to say yeah, he was the Dortmund kid, but that's someone else. I forgot. Close. You're close. Close. Um, other RGVFC match, by the way, uh, LA Galaxy 2-1, RGVFC 1. Um, one one draw. Fine, it happened. Not a whole lot there. We'll move on. Um, the other other Louisville game this week. Uh, they, oh boy, Richmond nil, Louisville six. Um, Louisville didn't miss a tackle, which is crazy. And uh, Cam Lancaster scores again. George Davis the fourth gets a goal. Um, Jose Carranza gets a goal. Niall McCabe gets one and and does attempts to do the Delhi Alley celebration and then just kind of gives the thumbs up to the camera, which I thought was good. And then uh, Luke Spencer scores twice in what four, four minutes. minutes? Yeah, this was a poor showing for Richmond. And I believe this is their largest loss of the year, whereas their previous largest loss was a 4-0 defeat to FC Cincinnati. But in their last seven matches, they've been shut out in six of them with their only outlier being the 3-2 win over Penn last week. It's got. It's also got to be frustrating for Cameron Lan- Lancaster because they keep destroying teams, and he's getting these these goals, and he'll like tie or go one up on the Golden Boot race, and then they'll put Luke Spencer in, and he'll score one or two more. <laughs> well, and Anna Olsen's doing well for himself in that category too. Yes, he like is. he can't really stop scoring. So, yep. it's a good race to see who's going to get the most goals this season. It's a really it's scary a race. There's a lot Lancaster, of. And Ed Voldson both have 16 goals currently. Uh, Daniel Rios, uh, Vince, with 15 and third. And Langsdorf and Guerrero of Portland and Charleston, respectively, have 14. Nice. Langsdorf's just balling out last month or so. Yeah, he's really turned it on, which is which is helpful. I, I, the reason I'm kind of sad that we lost to OC is I think you know Langsdorf had another goal or two in him, but you know he mm. didn't uh, couldn't 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 get it through the net. So yeah. Um. What are we? Let's. Just nice to have somebody in that conversation, though, you know? No kidding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, let's knock out some of these other ones. San Antonio 1, Swope Park 2. Sorry again, Harry. Um, Haji Berry scores. <laughs> again, in a very obvious soccer statement, if you score early on, it's a lot harder for a team to get back and win against you. Haji Berry in the sixth. Um, Amir Didich in the 25th. And then Darnell King gets the consolation goal for San Antonio. And as much as consolation goals are nice, points are a little bit better. Um, again, just not, <laughs> especially late in the season, you need these points. Like if this was a game in like April or May, I'd be like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But now, not great. Yeah, doesn't help. And yeah, then uh, Phil St. Oh, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I said it's four in a row lost for San Antonio. And that yeah. is very, very yeah. scary. They need, especially since they still have, Three games include Real Monarchs and Phoenix. 
I mean, after RGV this week, they then play Real Monarchs and Phoenix in consecutive weeks, which is going to make or break the season. Yeah. Um, Phil, yeah. St. Louis 3, Tulsa 2. Uh, Wall Falk gets a brace, fourth minute, 56 minute PK. Uh, very decorated Formula One race car driver, Lewis Carl Davidson Hamilton, <laughs> driving the Mercedes AMG Patronos car. That's supposed to be gets Lewis. a goal in USL. That's supposed There's to be Lewis Hilton, guy. but uh, Lewis Hamilton, well, I'm glad you got that, that plug. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> plug, plug for F1. Go watch F1 in the places you can watch F1. Um, <laughs> I, don't, we, I don't know. We know what Ryan was watching last weekend. <laughs> Ryan, are you big, you big F1 guy? I don't F1. But I was more remarking at this match of uh, Wolf Hall getting a brace in this one. That was a name I haven't heard in a long time since he was with uh, Rochester. So he's been injured most, most of the year, at least two months long. And it was just like a turf, a stupid random training turf injury that just knocked him out for too long. But, you know, it's no surprise to me that when he came back, the team kind of figured itself out and figured out the attack a little bit. And so, you know, I think he's been the main turning point in, in figuring that out. Not only that, but like, you know, Greg is who he is, but uh, we weren't using Corey Herzog as a, as a striker up top. We were using him as a 10, and, and that didn't work, and I think that set us back at least five games, that experiment, which is fine. you got to figure that out. So, anyway, they're, they're the players to watch. Lots of attacking talent all of a sudden. Oh, you're doing a great job. Um, Christian Valeski scores for Oklahoma City in a 3-0 win for them. So Valeski gets the first, Adam Young gets the second, Marco Bustos with the third. Um, OKC three, Seattle. Can I can I set the stage for the end of the season? Maybe. I'm just I gotta I gotta uh, preview this possibility because it scares me to death. Uh, Valeski and OKC, uh, they're almost in the playoff region. St. Louis is right now, but has a couple difficult games. They could play each other the last game of the season. And if OKC goes through, Valeski could be a part of why that happened and that trade yeah. happened earlier this year. It's just like a hell of a story that, that could really, could really, uh, it scares me as a St. Louis fan. I think it's still somewhat unlikely. If you look at OKC, they still have road games against Swoop, Orange County, and the Monarchs and home in the Sacramento. That's their last home game of the season, and it's their yeah. only home game left. Mm. Thank goodness. I hope I hope it's tough for him. No offense to the uh, OKC guys, but they've been on a run. Yep. Couple more here. Nothing crazy important. Um, Real Monarchs four nothing over Los Dos. Mikel Chang, Charlie Adams, and Chandler Hoffman gets two more. Chandler Hoffman is going to hit the ground running in Birmingham, and I can't wait. <laughs> hope so. They got to surround him with some good players, though. They'll get there. Tony, the, you you tweeted about the backdrop of the stadium. It's it's really pretty. Yeah, it's always we have a bunch of so even even the all stuff I do that things like that isn't this a cool picture? Always gets the most interaction. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it is. People like it. Yeah, so it's a very relatable thing to do, Tony. You show people a thing and you say, "Look, this is cool," and they're like, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah, but it's always the picture, not the numbers. Sometimes it's disappointing. <laughs> you're like, "Oh, this is a cool stat." Nothing. Look at this picture. <laughs> 
30 yeah, degrees. Tony, listen, <laughs> math pretty. is difficult. Seeing pretty colors isn't difficult. <laughs> I remember a few years ago when Monarchs were still kind of barnstorming around uh, the Salt Lake City area, you had uh, a similar tweet when um, they were playing at one of the college campuses and it had like the incredible like mountain backdrop that and you said it every time you want to see a long ball so you can get a, the camera and have another look at the mountains. <laughs> the Wasash Mountains, they're, they're real pretty. Yeah, it's like I think it's only the two places that are even comparable for good backgrounds are Colorado and when they're when the state fair is around Sacramento. Speaking of uh, Reno one, Sac Republic two, Pony. I mean, this was this is always a close game between these two teams. I think Sacramento was slightly better with taking advantage of their chances, but this easily could have been. Reno getting the win or anything like that. It's two teams who are going to be very viable come playoff times for making a run. I don't think they're the favorites, but if you told me one of these teams got hot and suddenly we're in the finals for the West, I wouldn't actually be too surprised. The side note story is there is the guy from Sacramento who actually biked from Sacramento to Reno for this game over two games. I'm probably going to mess up his last name, but Matt Brissino, something like that. Over two days, it's couple miles in elevation change and something like 160 miles it's a two-hour car ride and he biked it to go to the game and i'm really glad sacramento won because otherwise that would have been a very long ride home yeah Yeah. that's impressive that he would that he would do that because i mean i i ride around on flat ground and i and i and even as out of shape as i am i can probably do 30 40 miles you know if i'm going easy and it's flat but you know, 11 some odd thousand feet of elevation change in addition to a hundred some 160, 50 miles. Yeah, I couldn't do that. I mean, they just don't put line bikes on ECU's campus. Has the pay share bikes invaded any of your cities like another plague? Yeah. And the scooters now. Have you seen the scooters? The bird scooters? I've seen they have those in Charlotte. I, the line bikes are like to leave in like the most inconvenient places on campus. Yeah. <laughs> I found one at the end of my block. I was like, what the hell? They're populating everywhere. Yeah, you can leave them anywhere, I think, is the thing. So, South Walker. <laughs> so there's one at my office that's been there for like three weeks in the same spot. I love it. I went to Germany. You, you, see, you love it because you don't experience it. No, it's like in my city. Day. It's in my city. I see them everywhere. Uh, I'm all right. Uh, hey, speaking of things that you see in your city, Las Vegas 2, Fresno 2, I don't know where I'm going with that. Drop money out of a helicopter? <laughs> oh, that's going to be horrible. Someone's getting hurt. Uh, yeah. That's oh, going to yeah. be the biggest... Uh, the, just... Can't wait for the lawsuit on top of that one. The least gets into it. Oh, Use the money yeah. to drop out of the locker room and start throwing elbows. Yeah. Some of the players are like, you know what? I'm really not paid this, paid enough. I'm going to go out here and get some too. I was I was going to say to piggyback off the Chalice idea, if the Vegas's equipment manager, who I know totally listens to this show, he lied, um, just wants to tell him before it starts, like, hey, man, that's $5,000 of your money. <laughs> It'll go mental. It'll be great. Just use silver dollars. <laughs> they could always yeah, do that kind of ticket blasting machine. They always have the Chuck E. Cheese. They'll use 1975 John F. Kennedy 50-cent pieces. 
Someone added up all the weight of those in dollar bills or something and how long it it would take and what velocity it would fall if you bunched them all together. I thought it was interesting. Well, I mean, they're not going to just drop a brick of... They should. I know. Just drop a brick of money and watch people fight for it. That was where the tweet (laughs) didn't make sense, but it was funny. They're not a penny off the Empire State Building. I have have a a semi-related question to this Las Vegas promo. Are they also going to let people like smoke a J before they do it? Because of their other sponsorship, it might be a requirement so they don't destroy each other. Well, so it's probably, probably just gonna be like to throw it up into my giant wind gust, just takes it all away. That'd be so good. How how the helicopter's got to get pretty low, and they're gonna and they are gonna throw silver dollars. They right? should play like, the song get low by the little John. That'd be perfect. What they should do is just throw poker chips, since the team hasn't been able to reap the rewards of that. Yo, promotion. they haven't activated that once, have they? That's really upsetting. There, there you go. They have not. Yeah, I remember uh, there was a helicopter that buzzed and dropped like a thousand dollars worth of ones over uh, one of the Wilmington beaches at the start of the school year for UNCW last year, and they actually got in a lot of trouble for that. Mm. Yeah, Stephen with another good point. They're literally throwing money at their midfield problems. <laughs> <laughs> so good, <laughs> like like legitimately doing that. So that's good. No longer a cliche. The cliche has been canceled. It's incredible. Um, what other games do we have to talk about here? The big ones from this week. We the ones that the people are going to want to talk about. The ones that one of them, no one knows how it ended. Um, Start with the 4 4. All right. Fine. Charleston Battery. Four and a half four. to 4. It should be 5 4. New York Red Bulls also 4. This was fun for everyone that wasn't involved. Um, yeah. Someone. All right, goal rundown real quick. Atula Gano scored twice, 22nd, 45th. Patrick Conquo got two goals himself, 28-75. New York goals, it's a Tom Barlow second-half hat trick. That's why he's my player of the week, by the way. St. 64th-minute penalty kick, 73rd and 88th in open play. Um, Jose Aguinaga gets a 68th minute. And then towards the end, this was crazy. Um, I will recap. Uh, Charleston apparently tied the game in stoppage time. They were down a man as well. Um, for went ahead. They went yeah, ahead. They sorry, yeah, yeah, no, sorry. They scored their fifth goal um, in stoppage time, and then for whatever reason, the uh, the head official waved it off, and the ball was cleared to midfield um, to the other side of the pitch, and, and then the whistle blew. So um, ref waves off the fifth goal. Ball gets cleared. He blows for full time. Refs just kind of leave, and then the players kind of just fought each other, um, and there hasn't been an explanation as of around 10 o'clock Monday night, which I didn't think we were going to get one like after 5 today, but it's a little strange that we haven't gotten one uh, at all from either uh, our dear friends over at Pro or, uh, or the league. I'm sure someone has asked, but yeah... Um, just a very strange result. I mean, this is a poor showing. It's like a, the um, coaching staff from in Charleston, they said this is the first time in their careers that they've had a match in and just had no clue what happened. I, there wasn't an explanation given what kind of baffled me more was, yeah, isn't it a mandate for matches that the refs have to stand at midfield and at least shake the hands of the coaches or apparently like, until this game happened. <laughs> I mean, they just left, and there was fighting that was left to be policed by the coaching staffs and the players of both yeah. teams. Yeah. Even with that, I mean, it looked like the 
Whereas kind of like looked at it and then chose to walk down into the locker room. Yeah, this was just a really confusing ending. I mean, I'm guessing some foul in the box was called, and that's why the goal got waved off, even though it was never actually clear. And there's mm-hmm. no good replay showing that. Mm-hmm. But the refs leaving was probably the worst decision of the weekend, given what is about to come up on their next game. That's a pretty high bar. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, this goes back to what um, we talked about before. And we said, you know, I don't care if, if – if you don't shake hands with coaches, I don't really care that they left or whatever right after the match stop, but at least have someone at pro come out and say, here's what we think happened, or here's the referee or someone at pro explaining what happened or what got called. You know? I mean, I have more of an issue with the fight on the field than the, refs, not, yeah. than the refs saying not really giving an explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's poor too. I mean, that's a, a very avoidable right and and it'll be interesting to see if there's anything in the usl disciplinary report off of that um because i mean i'm not going to say there shouldn't be but it's it's just a very bizarre decision all around for sure which speaking of tampa bay rowdies one fc cincinnati two uh poku scores against his former team um, Emmanuel Ledesma scores a brace on penalty kicks. Uh, Pony, you're going to talk about this, but Blake Smith got a second yellow at 62, which is since his first red card. And then uh, Pape Abdoulaye Diakite of Tampa Bay gets a second yellow at the 85th minute, um, which maybe shouldn't have been. Yeah. Okay, the first penalty from... Cincinnati, I mean, it's a soft one, but your defender has to know better than make any contact in the box. Mm. It was, they went down weak, but it's still a penalty by the rules. So I can live with that one. It's just a dumb decision by the defender, and they walked into it basically a trap of trying to draw a penalty. Then we get to the Cincinnati second yellow card, which is absolutely one of the most confusing things I've seen all season. I'm not sure if it was a delay of game. I'm not sure if it was because the Cincinnati person was cheating up the line for the throw-in. But someone who could read lips, please go look at the <laughs> gift that's been floating around of what the side ref said. Because something the side ref said led to that yellow card. Because he said something, pointed at the guy about to throw it in, and then we saw a second yellow. I don't know what it was, and I'm actually really interested to see it. I think this was his call and not center ref. There might've been some conversation and he said, Hey, look, he's doing it again. And boom, yep. got a yellow and a red. I actually leaned to the fact that it was more, not as much time delay, but he was throwing the ball like 10, 15 yards more than it should have been up the field. Mm-hmm. If you look at where the ball went out to where the red card came out, it wasn't that close. It was what it's called crabbing, I guess. And then there was the second, Penalty kick for Cincinnati, which I have seen plenty of Cincinnati people even saying, yeah, that was basically a dive. I I mean, I know some people are going to take my history of Cincinnati and say you're being biased, but I think if you showed most refs that on slow-mo and said, what is your call in like a v- VAR situation, Cincinnati would have a yellow card there for a dive. It was him saying, if I just fall down, there's enough stuff around me that 
you know, someone might buy contact. And I think that's what it was. There was a dive and the ref bought it. And that was the game where neither team deserved to win at all. Cincinnati only had one shot. That was not a penalty kick. And Tampa Bay had 31 shots and only scored one goal. Neither team deserved points from this one. It was bad all around. And both teams need to be better on not only, I guess, fair play, but converting chances or being able to create chances. Yeah, I will say from the Rowdies, they did have a very good um, uh, TIFO to honor uh, Tam back in uh, in the wire. Or it was uh, in the same kind of uh, style of Heimdall from the Thor movies. Not a not the retirement match you would have wanted for anybody, really. But uh, there, there it was. Um, couple bits of news, and then, and then we'll, uh, we'll see ourselves out of here. Um. Two big ones, uh, D3 related. So hi to our friends at USL D3. Um, Rochester Rhino is coming back in 2020, apparently, um, to Division Three. They're looking for um, a new stadium, or they have one set up, or they're something. I don't know where they are in uh, terms of you know planning and everything, but um, it's going to be in Monroe County. They're going to leave the former Salins slash Capelli slash whatever um currently marina auto stadium uh, for the first time since 2006 they won't play there um guys I, I guess we were technically wrong um we said they weren't gonna come back or that it would be really hard to see them come back and granted they've had about 800 lifelines but they're coming back it's also in two years so we'll see a year from now if that's still gonna happen yeah and they're coming back to d3 not d2 yeah. yeah, that's true. I think we no, all thought that. I mean, even the uh, even when they were announced that they were going to go on hiatus, the USL I think even said they had an open invitation for either division. I thought maybe yeah. I made that up. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Is what it is. But they they also announced oh. they'll be in by 2020. It almost like suggested they may try to sneak into 2019, but I guess uh, I know it seems far fetched. But I guess the league wanted to make sure that it was really yeah. clear that they were not in the plans already. That they weren't the original ten. Yeah. That, that I mean, you know, my my whole thing is you look at where a lot of the other D3 teams are right now, especially like you know Greenville and um. Cormetta and you know yeah, they have coaches. Yeah, they have coaches. Yeah. They have systems set up. Rhinos right now. I I couldn't tell you for the life of me who even works there. Well, I can because I will be talking to them either uh, Thursday or no Wednesday or Thursday this week. Fair so uh, there will be for that. yeah there'll be more news. And so I'm excited. I have a few. If you have any questions you'd like me to ask, make sure I don't forget. Just please send those in our DMs or just tweet them at me. Send them to, uh, to if you want to send them to Phil directly at Phil with two L's, Grooms with two O's, P H I L L G R O O M S. Also, totally feel free to send those to us at the USL Show or uh, USL Show at gmail.com. Also works. So, Word. you know, should be a really good interview. Phil, you do really good, like front office types of interviews and things. Um, and, and, that was one of the ones where they announced they were coming back. I think we immediately reached out to Aaron Cranford and went, yeah. hey, man. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> uh, we talked to somebody out there, and he, he obliged. He did. Which, uh, which thanks in advance for that one, buddy. Um, we, we appreciate it for sure. 
Um, but it'll be nice to get some uh, some clarity from people in the know out there. So, um, other D three news: Greenville Triumph announced that John Harks is their first head coach, um, former first year coach of FC Cincinnati. And uh, he did he do he did the kind of the little bit of a bait and switch or forgot to turn his geotag off. He sent a tweet out from Sunday from Clemson. Yeah, it was Tony. He was talking about you know, or he was uh, t- or tweeting about the Elon Duke uh, soccer match at the time, and he was he was watching one of the sides good luck, and it was still geotagged to Clemson SC, which was just interesting. But it's a really good signing for um, Greenville Drive. I know you were talking about uh, you're going to wait and see what Tormenta does in the off season, but I definitely yeah. think with this signing, Greenville's trying to set the bar as the USL D three team to beat. For sure. I mean, he was good coach, and, and since he didn't get along with the front office there, I think I can say that now. He's going to um, be sporting director here as well. Okay, so more control for him. I, you know, again, as far as guys that are available that would conceivably coach D3, so like not Caleb Porter, so you've got Jose Mourinho is available soon, though, probably. So who knows? And I heard he D3 is too good for him. I don't know, man. He's he has a problem with threes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's a curse. It is. <laughs> um, His press conference today was something. Well, aren't they all? Um, That's true. Uh, I'm still laughing at your threes joke. <laughs> no worries, man. I I had to be quick on that one, but I, it, it, it popped out. It was subtle uh, enough to be perfect. Thank you, thank you. Uh, a couple, a couple other quick news, and then we kind of got a question sent in uh, late last night. But I figured we have time, so we'll talk about it. Um, USL surpasses two million total fans this season. That's just a really cool, kind of mind-boggling number. Is that two million people have seen USL in some way, shape, or form in person? Uh, not to mention how many people have seen it streaming or things like that. I would like to get like a total eyeballs on the league stat at the end of the season. That'd be really interesting. Um, but yeah, six weeks sooner than we hit that in 2017. So there's definitely a lot of, of um, tangible growth in the in the league, which is awesome. Sorry for glad handing them, but there you go. Um, and then our uh, our friend Mike, even though he hasn't been on the show, he's our friend. He's all of our friends. Mike Pendleton talk about uh, how pro refs are not going to be able to handle this extended slate of matches, especially with USL D3 and possibly NISA and then possibly whatever NPSL is trying to figure out. So, um, Pony, you have stats for refs. It's not quite ready yet, but you've been compiling. So we'll release that at some point. Yeah. Um, some of it's time. good. Some of it's bad, but. I think that's a pretty fair shout is that it's right now for this to be better than it is now. Yeah. Every reference is different. Yeah. Some that just don't make calls and some that make way too many calls. Yeah. You had more about that. You kind of looked up how many guys were kind of repeat refs and, and how many cards they give out versus other guys. Some of that stuff was really interesting. Can you tell us more? Um, like I said, it's still very much a work in progress. I'm up. Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Probably like twelve weeks into it right now because I'm just compiling calls, cards, PKs, etc. But it's got a lot of matches to watch through. Uh, no, it's just <laughs> web pages to click through. <laughs> Man's got a lot of web pages to click through. Sorry, but still, um, it's, it's interesting because I think you could you could actually predict some refs are more likely to award a lot of cards like the ref who was in charge of the 
game with Cincinnati and Tampa. Yeah. Um, and then the question we got in um, from Twitter display name, I suppose it's called the, the bold one, uh, Matty Dub at Clada Mahaha, perhaps K-L-A-T-A-M-A-H-A-H-A uh, DM'd us late last night. And I didn't get to it until today, but that's fine because we record on Mondays, not Sundays. And he said, um, most great soccer teams have a great captain somewhere in their history. Can you guys discuss great USL captains in a future episode? Sure. And we'll even do it now. Uh, he also says, you know, um, new to the league, new to the game. So if you guys have any suggestions in terms of sites and things, uh, feel free to to let him know. Obviously, we told him about BGN Written and our network, but if y'all horses and things, we don't care. Go for it. More people in the league, the better. Um, so yeah, guys, I, you know, Kev, do you have anybody? Do we just kind of want to open the floor in general? I know we have some guys that we're all very complimentary of. Um, the one that immediately jumped into my head was um, when Forrest Lasso was the captain of the battery. I thought he did a fantastic job, and he's an absolute beast of a defender, and I've always been a fan of defenders as captains, so that kind of checked all my my boxes, so to speak. But um, yeah, if anyone else wants to chime in. I wrote down here in the show notes that the three captains that kind of stuck out to me, Bilal Dalkey, to kind of go off of what he said about Charlotte earlier, just being a captain's work. And then uh, Evan, your boy James Chambers, has done a very good job with um, Bethlehem. And then I've always been impressed with Paolo Del Piccolo of Louisville as another very solid captain for the league. Uh, everyone, yeah, I, I don't know who all the captains are. <laughs> Everyone always mentions Deleuze as a leader. I, don't, I think he's the captain, right, for uh, North Carolina? That's probably. I know who's good, yeah. but I don't know who captains are. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and St. Louis has been a rotating door for a while, but like oh, Sam wow. Fink came back this year, and he's had the armband as of late, and everyone is just like nuts for him. And uh, rightly so. He gets really intense during games and, and is mm-hmm. a good leader and says all the right things. He's it's, it's been fun to watch him do it the last few games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Deleuze occasionally wears the armband out there. I don't know if they kind of go by committee, but I mean, you know, I've, I've interacted with him countless times and he's a, a wonderful human being for a, a litany of reasons. He's also a half decent soccer player <laughs> um, to, to undersell him a little bit. Uh, and then, yeah, James, I, I don't like talking about my guys a whole lot. Cause I feel like I get a little, a little uh, romantic, I suppose, but um, you know, Kudos to him, and I'm going to try to have him on for a you play. We don't, um, but a guy that came over from Ireland at 29, and they said, "Hey, your whole thing is just to develop kids now." And um, you know, the, the guys the union have in the first team, like Trusty and McKenzie and and Corey Burke, even and you know that Fontana, that pipeline they have right now wouldn't exist because if if James Chambers wasn't there to be kind of that that guiding role and, and just the even keep things loose and, and admit when they played bad. And it's everything you'd want out of a captain with um, an extra bit of Irish charm some weeks and, and spite some other weeks. So yeah, um, definitely been a, been a great decision to give him the armband. And uh, you know, while we're talking about him, Ryan Rickard was a great captain too. There you go. There you go. 
So thanks for that, Matt. Good question. Guys, seriously, questions. We're not going to have 24 matches every week from here on out. I don't think. I hope not. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if, you know, or, or when we're getting to the end of the season or whatever, if we want to do an all-mailbag question, the only way we're going to be able to do that is by people asking us questions. So oh. feel free. Hit us up. And speaking seriously. of, uh, Stephen Hernandez also just said that Asante yeah. has been the captain with Drogba being gone. <laughs> Phenomenal so, player. Yeah. And Drogba too. Like who would expect Didier Drogba to be? Right. Say a USL Asante, captain. Yeah, someone knows Asante hurt because I think he didn't play last game after getting subbed out earlier in the I week. I thought he got under, it on uh, yeah, Steven, can you, right, on that. Can you okay, might have that too. Can you write quick? I know, he, I know he left the early game in the week on an injury, but maybe. Hopefully we get something. I'll start reading out junk and then if he comes back and answers that, that'll be a really clutch live stream moment. But uh Guys, um, once again, we go live every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, if you'd like to join us, youtube.com backslash the USL show. Hit the subscribe button. Hit that bell, which everyone talks about now, which is annoying in YouTube videos. Get notifications. We'll go live. We also tweeted out from our Twitter account at the USL show, which is run by uh, all of us now, which is exciting. Um, <laughs> before, I think it was just Phil Pony and myself, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but now all of us have access to it, so that'll be fun. Check us out there at the USL Show. If you want to slide into our DMs like our friend Matt did, go for it. We'll answer questions, things like that if you need help. Um, I know Steven reached out to me at Speak Evan Speak and said, hey, you guys mentioned about writing things. What was that all about? And your episodes are getting longer because of the live stream, so like, I didn't want to have to go back and listen to all of them. Fair play. If you want to do any writing things, I always tell people you can either DM at BGN Written or if you want to DM the guy that's just kind of running the show over there, at Carson A. Merck. He's a, a dear friend of ours. Um, so get in touch either way, and we will help you out in terms of you know setting you up to write, or if you have any questions, or you just want to learn more about the league, all of that fun stuff. Um, if you are new to soccer and just want to learn about the league, or, or even ask us really simple questions, like how do I get better at watching this and things like that, um, like I said, I'm at Speak Evan Speak. Phil Grooms, 2Ls2Os. Kev is at KMcCamishPDX. Ryan's at ILM underscore Ryan. Pony at Iron Pony Chef. Feel free. We'd be more than happy to, to help you out, for sure. Um, other things we have, USLshow.com. Check out all of our episodes there. You can also check out our Patreon by following the link through on that, patreon.com backslash the USL show. Um, Guys, we put out a really good episode of Stick to Sports, and I'm not just saying that. We found out that Kev does a movie, and we're going to watch that in September and release that to you on oh. Patreon. We might honestly end up releasing that at some point in the off-season for free. Oh, my gosh. It's, just because uh, I think it's going to be so good. It's already on YouTube. Not the movie. The movie's going to be terrible. Oh, but, God, the movie will um, be awful. But our, our, our watch-along audio a la Mystery Science Theater 3000 copyright uh, will be available on Patreon sometime in September. And then uh, we'll release it for you guys around, we'll say, uh, December or so, just to give you a little Christmas gift for the general public. Um, we'll have to do it. We'll have to schedule it around my birthday. Yeah? Okay. Hey, happy birthday, Kevin. We're going to make fun of the movie you're in in college. <laughs> Pretty well. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. And we also found out that um, Liz and, uh, and Josh Brokaw from Mongols are in a movie as well, or I did. So uh, we might have to do something with that, but that's a stay tuned as well. Um, check out our friend's soccer loco, USLshow.com. There's a little blue box 
If you're colorblind, it's a gray box. Click Soccer Loco. If you want to buy a Harry Kane kit because he scored against United today, or <laughs> uh, if you need some cleats for your upcoming fall season, go for it. Check it out there. DK will hook you up. Uh, other than that, I think we're good, right? I got all of our plugs in? Yep. Oh, and real quick, if you didn't listen to it yet, uh, I did a sit-down interview literally in person, like I could see him, with, uh, with Bethlehem Steel left-back Prosper Chalua, the first Zambian player in the United States ever. Um, and he is a wonderful person with a wonderful story. Mm. So give that a listen. Dropped, uh, dropped last week. It's, it's a good one. It is. So, yeah. It's cool to hear those stories from Africa and you ask a lot of cool I questions. Stories. There's a lot of guys there's a lot of guys in this league with stories that I wish we could tell them all. Um, and maybe we'll eventually try to conquer that, but right now in the thick of the playoff hunt and everything like that, it's a little difficult. Mm. Um, guys, anything else before we get out of here? Nope. Cool. Hearing silence. I'll just say uh, <laughs> if you watched for this live or if you joined us in the chat, um, you know. Thanks so much, guys, for uh, for hanging out. If uh, if you didn't, if you listen to it on download, maybe join us on a live stream. It's a good time, um, a little interactive and things like that. But uh, regardless of how you listen or how long you listen, or if you only listen once, we appreciate it. And uh, so take care. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.